everybody. This is Dr. Red Oldham, and I am the host of the TED Podcast, and I'm excited to have uh, Lucinda uh, with us today. Lucinda, you're at the University of Pittsburgh right now. Is that correct? That is correct. That's awesome, man. So, But the reason why I'm having Lucinda on the show is because she was the first TED moderator. And I think that's right. Is that right? The very first one? That was. that. Yes, that's, that's true, right? <laughs> that's super cool, man. Yeah. So I love that. And so uh, if you would uh, uh, tell us about you know, what you're doing now, when you were the moderator of TED, Ted, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, uh, kind of give us, kind of set the stage for what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I'm happy to, Rhett. Um, yeah, so my background, I guess I've always sort of uh, worked in international education one way or another. Um, so before starting TED, um, I had been living in China um, for a number of years, working with teachers there um, as a teacher, but also training future teachers in China and then also working at international schools in different capacities. Um, so I started a PhD program at the University of Illinois in global studies and education. And as part of my work there, um, my advisor, Fazal Rizvi, um, in the department, he suggested that we think about kind of starting a professional development program for teachers that would be basically facilitated by the teachers, um, and they would be in different countries. Um, and in his mind, he was thinking of teachers in the U.S. and then teachers in Europe or the EU, um, depending on um, you know, which countries might be involved in things that way. Um, and I think part of his thinking was that American teachers, you know, things can be very different state to state and even just, you know, city by city or locality or county by county. Um, so same at the national level, but also very different too at local levels. Um, and then trying to think or give teachers in America exposure or access to teachers in Europe, mm -hmm. knowing that we might sometimes kind of group them all together, but things could probably be pretty different country to country. And then how does that work in each country? Is it similar to the U.S. where the local level is really important or is it more of a national um, structure, you know, for the curriculum and what they do as teachers that way? So it all kind of started this idea, like I said, of connecting teachers back and forth Um and Fossil introduced me to the European Union Center at the University of Illinois, which is an academic center that tries to do different outreach projects that way um, and to help people in America learn more about Europe. Um, so that's really kind of how I got started was just this idea to connect teachers on their own accord, right? And at their own level to be able to sure. explain what they do and learn from others. Yes. Um, so we started that in, I guess, the fall of 2009. And then the first group of people that participated were in the spring of 2010. Oh, that's very cool. Um, guys, I'm here with Lucinda Morgan. She is the director of international uh, studies at, in the nursing program there, aren't you? In the school Correct. of nursing, which is pretty cool. I, I always love it when I get get new guests, and I'll tell you why. Because she goes, "Well, you know, I I was teaching in China, like like that's just what everybody does." I, I I always think that's so funny because I get all these people that have these awesome experiences, and it's just like that's just what I do, you know. And so, and I love when I pe talk to people who have this great rich history like you do, Lucinda. So it's just exciting when I hear that kind of cool stuff. I love it. And so I you know, try to make it sound casual, right? I know, but you said, yeah, I was in China, you know, no big deal, you know. And so, but uh, what is interesting is seeing Ted from a participant's viewpoint and as a moder moderator's viewpoint. Um, how, how are the perspectives the same, you think, and how they might be different? Wow. That's a big question, Brett. Um, I know, I right? Tell me about it. 
as the moderator, I was always trying to, I guess when I went through teacher training, um, probably the easiest, but biggest, but hardest piece of advice they gave me was, you know, always try to get the students to talk more. And mm-hmm. if what you're talking about seems boring to you as the teacher, it's already been boring for the students. You bet. Um, but that idea of just getting students or participants, right, to do the talking, right, and the discussion, um, is something that you got to kind of set them up for it in some ways as the teacher, hopefully, but then also stepping back and letting them, you know, facilitate the conversation. Right. But then also kind of making sure everybody's included and that nobody's dominating. Right. In particular. Um, So as a moderator, that was kind of the viewpoint or perspective I brought to it was thinking, okay, we'll set up each week with a topic I need to remember that not everybody in the group or in the, you know, the cohort and the participating has English as their first language. Um, but a lot of people might actually speak two or three or four other languages in addition to English. Um, so just needing to make sure that we were clear with our communication was important and just making sure that we had a mixture of who was speaking at different times that way. Um, so as a participant, I never was a participant, so I can't answer it in the same way. But I would imagine that they, um, I know that they were sometimes anxious to make sure that they were prepared for the topics and, you know, knew enough about things that they were supposed to talk about. Um, And then also just, you know, feeling prepared to kind of educate about what they know, but also learn about, you know, the different educational processes in different places. So probably just more of a, I wouldn't say anxiousness, but just a um, consciousness or awareness that they wanted to learn more, but also needed to share and contribute to the conversation. So different between the moderator and participant that way. Most definitely, most definitely. And what I love about it is that the participants uh, all take each of their presentations extremely serious and want to do a good job and want to be informative, which is really great. Um, When you look at the TED program, though, what do you think is the most significant component of TED? Fun question there. Um, I could probably think of a lot of things to share, but I think really just the fact that the teachers were empowered or hopefully felt empowered through the process um, to be providing professional development to other teachers, right? And then also to be able to receive it from other teachers. So I think just that empowerment of, wait a second, you're already an expert in what you do, especially because some of the participants have been teachers for 10 or 20 or more years. they might not have had the opportunity, right? Or, you know, there might not be the opportunities for them to actually be the person delivering professional development content. Um, And for new teachers too, it was neat just for them to have that empowerment too, right? To be able to analyze what they do as a teacher and share that with others in other places. Yes, I think, in fact, what one of the one of participants last year said that really resonated with me is that the D in TED stands for dialogue. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what they like the most. They want the dialogue, the, the conversation with all these experts that all come together and that are so open and want to uh, want the back and forth. They want the conversation. They want to hear about what you're doing and how you do it. And, and that's what I find so great about it. And so but, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I think TED is such a special program. Why do you think it's such a, a special place? Hmm, good question. Um, good, you keep saying good question. I feel like I'm like jamming with good questions. It's awesome, Lucinda. You are. You're just firing these good questions. It's a good know, way right? for me to pause the uh, the conversation and think of the answer too, right? I know, right? Um, cool. 
No, as far as a special program, I think what's neat about it is you're, I mean, this is kind of, you know, logical when you think of it, right? But you're working with people across time zones, right? So mm-hmm. most of the participants in the U.S., it might be late morning for them, and that's on their weekend, right, on their Sunday, that they're choosing to take part in this program. And for participants in Europe, um, it's their late afternoon, early evening, you know, taking an hour or two each week of their time, right, to really talk to each other. Right. So I think just kind of seeing how that comes together actually as a place and a space. Um, And it was neat too, um, you know, now that we've lived through or still living through COVID and doing things through Zoom and through other um, online platforms. When we started this in 2010, um, gosh, even just, you know, we'd spend the first week or first week of the um, session um, teaching everybody how to log into the technology, right? And we all know, oh yeah, where's the link? Click on it. Um, so thinking back, what, 12 years ago now, um, that's, you know, we were kind of doing thing. A lot of people hadn't done online communication mm-hmm. in the same way before. Um, so it was kind of, you know, a early technology for some people, um, it was new technology. Sure. They were learning other people. They were more familiar with it, but just, that was a neat part of it too, was being able to use technology, what we now consider just normal things, right. Um, you mm-hmm. know, in a way to connect people. In fact, as I'm preparing for TED 20, 20- 23 and I looked over all the notes there's a couple pages on how to log into zoom and all that stuff and I've I've actually deleted all that because we're all pretty much an expert on that you know which it's but but you're right that er, those early times learning how to log in and and making sure all your your technology works was a huge component and so but uh, I agree with you you know Ted uh, as both being a participant in the first program now we have Ted uh, fellows and uh, so we have those two programs now being the moderator. I have a, a really interesting perspective, but it's really influenced me as an educator. As you reflect on your time as moderator of TED, how has TED influenced you as an educator? I think I'll probably answer that going back to what I was talking about before, just remembering that importance of involving everybody in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I try to do as much as I can, um, you know, whether I'm meeting with, you know, a group that works on study abroad on the campus I work at, if I'm meeting with students pre-departure before we go to another country, um, or, you know, if I'm having a meeting online with maybe another university in a different country and just making sure that everybody is contributing that if they're, you know, wanting to and mm-hmm. feeling comfortable that way, um, sure. and just providing that place where I'm also making sure I listen much more than I speak. Um, and that's something, and I think it's valuable to do in a lot of different ways in life that way. Boy, it, you know, it, it sounds like such a small thing, right? But that listening component. And and a lot of times when I'm listening to people talk in the program, it's such joy. I mean, they're so excited to talk about it, which if you can't get as excited as an educator when you're listening in TED, then there's something wrong with you. There really is because, I, I mean, it's just such a fun atmosphere to have all these people who are passionate and want to share. And it's just great collaborative space. And, and that's something I really love uh, about TED as well. I've met so many outstanding uh, educators that have influenced my teaching. In fact, I collaborate with many of these teachers throughout the school year in my own classroom. Mm. Um, who stands out from you for your time in TED? Are there any a couple teachers you could you could talk about maybe? Yeah, there's definitely a few. Um, 
And that's, it's neat to still be in contact, right, with the teachers, you know, from many years ago now at this point, um, whether it's through LinkedIn or through Facebook or other um, means that way. Um, there was a student in particular, Fabrice was his name or is his name, um, and he's from France, and he was actually teaching French at a North Carolina school um, at the time of doing TED. So he was one of the, I think before he even applied, he was, you know, sending me the inquiry email of like, well, I'm a French person, you know, teaching French in America, right? You know, in an American high school, can I apply, right? And, you know, that there's so many layers there that are, it's more like, wow, this would just be fun to talk to you and hear about your experiences. Sure, you can apply, right? Um, sure. But he was definitely a participant, my goodness, for two, if not three years. He was probably in our first, we used to call it like an alumni group or the fellow group um, for people that want more TED. Sure. Um, and what was great about it for Greece, he loves research, uh, educational research, right? And collecting, I wouldn't say quite data, right? But um, you know, collecting the experiences of people and telling that story and that narrative um, and mm -hmm. capturing it together. And for Bruce um, and I were able to submit TED to a couple of educational conferences to do as presentations to talk about the program. Sure. So it was just great to see somebody who always wanted to join. He would always, you know, recruit other teachers to join and talk about TED. And then also, you know, want to take the time to go to education conferences to present about it. Right. Um, it was great because he could present the uh, participant side, and I could talk about the moderator side of the program. Sure. So it's just a neat way to be able to collaborate, you know, even after he was a participant in the program. Yeah. Um, there was another great experience. I was in Spain, gosh, a couple of years ago. Um, and I got to meet one of our participants who's originally from Romania, but who had mm. been teaching in Spain that year. Um, so it was just neat to get to meet some of the participants in person over the different times that way. Yes, most definitely. In fact, I was in Rome this summer and met one of our uh, teachers from Romania and uh, she was with a Erasmus group and ah. so took time out to meet me and my wife for supper. And it was such a, a wonderful experience I, and something I always remember as well. And so, um, so what has been the one or two things that you're really proud of from your time at TED? What really stands out as you reflect on, you know, leading this, uh, this from the very beginning. And now here we're talking about it in 2022, getting ready for the 2023 <laughs> cohort? Um, I just think it's really neat that it's still going, right? That it's still, I mean, I'm sure there's been, you know, changes over the years and improvements and things that way, which are, you know, it's great to be able to do that in any program. Um, but I think it's neat that that concept of connecting people, uh, educators, right, who don't normally get to meet, let alone talk to each other, um, I think that's just a very special thing that's great to continue. It's also been neat just seeing people that participated, you know, they'll post, they're not bragging, but they post when they want awards or get, right. um, I know we've had a few get, you know, teacher of the year or, you know, certain areas of their expertise in teaching different awards from their home country or their city. Um, so it's just neat to see that recognition that way of what they're doing and knowing that they're taking some of the things that they learned from TED or experienced mm -hmm. through TED and sharing it with others. Um, it's always nice to, right, when you know somebody kind of recommended their colleague, right, to join and they participate the following year. So, yes, yes. And, so, and what I love is when people say I'm traveling here and in, and I always say I'm jealous in a good way. You know, I <laughs> love to see people to move, going to different places and experiencing different things and seeing different parts of the world. And that really excites me. One of the things I, things I love and I want to share this with the audience. I've met Lucinda now a couple of times and and. She is not a look at me type of person. Um, you're truly open. You open up your heart and pour out all this positive energy. And I think that is really a great legacy for you from Ted. And I think that it still reflects <clears throat> your vision that it's not a look at me kind of thing. It's about all this collaborative piece. 
where everybody is part of Ted and it's what make it's like this. I don't want to wax poetic, but it, it, you're, 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 it's this fabric, you know, that, that we, that you've created this, this really cool quilt, you know? And so, and so I just appreciate it so much. So if you guys are wondering, you know, why am I interviewing Lucinda? Because Lucinda is the one that started it all. And, and mm -hmm. I can't wait for her to see the Ted 2023 cohort uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and feel some sort, sort of accomplishment and pride. Oh, thank that. you, Red. Yeah, yes. that, I appreciate you saying that and recognizing that. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So Lucinda, you know, you're always welcome in TED at any of the cohorts. You can come and talk to them anytime you want to. And we just appreciate you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Red. You're welcome. Yeah, and good luck with everything as you uh, get the new new participants this year. Oh, most definitely. In fact, our, um, in fact, when we're, we're talking, um, it's in December. Now, you, this podcast won't come out to January, but uh, uh, December 15th is the deadline. Oh, great. And uh, uh, and so I'm starting to look at those applications right now. And as you know, finding <laughs> a saying yes and no to people is extremely difficult because you have great, great applicants. Yes, you do. That's great. I know it's, it's a bittersweet process that way going it through sure them. There is. Guys, this is Lucinda Morgan, former TED moderator and current um, uh, current uh, University of Pittsburgh um, employee at, at the School of Nursing right now. And uh, Lucinda, we thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Rhett. All right. Take care, guys. This is the TED Podcast. I'm Dr. Rhett Oldham. Thank you so much for listening in. And we will see you next week with another episode of TED Podcast. Take care, all. Bye.